three and two and one. Hello, I'm Laura. I'm Sarah. And we're Bible bitches. Oh, no, well, Wait, we have a special guest today. We have a special guest today. I feel special. Yes, and he's our honorary Bible bitch of the day. This Aww. is Yeah, he's so sweet. He's our he's our friend, our special friend trip. Trip Fuller. <laughs> I I've um, always wanted to be someone's special friend. <laughs> special friend. Just to be clear, we are not in like a three way relationship. We are not having <laughs> sex with Trip. We're just friends with him. We've just been friends a long time though. All right. So we all know each other from Divinity School. We went to Wake Forest Divinity School together. And Sarah is our resident agnostic, just holding it down. Professionally not knowing. Professionally not knowing. Having a stance of curiosity. I like it. I feel like what y'all should do is have a bit at the end of every episode where you make statements and then she just says, maybe. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> like, you're just like. All I know is if there is a God, it's a God of love who loves justice, and we're going to work to that. And you're like, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> like, perhaps. Probably not. So, is, it, is this a backwards way of witnessing to her? You're like, you went to divinity school. You should know better, Sarah. This, this, this podcast is actually all about bringing Sarah to the Lord. <laughs> okay. But only if you joke about it. That way she didn't know you're serious. Right. You don't know that she laid hands on a picture of you right before this episode started. <laughs> And she said, if we talk about Christian at uh, Christian theme parks, maybe she'll want to go by the end of this God, episode, gross. Sarah's going to say, Hey, Hey, uh, I'm really, n- I've decided I'm now in the penal, penal substitutionary <laughs> atonement because if you go to the replica of the art, it's made of wood. You know what else is made of wood? Your mom, <laughs> the cross. Come on. <laughs> so. <laughs> Look at her face. She's like, no. So, uh, so we all know each other from drift school. Um, Trip and I are both. Uh, I'm Laura. This is Trip. We're both ordained Baptist ministers, and yeah, we are talking today. Trip happens to be in the great state of Kentucky, and there's a lot of great things about Kentucky, like bourbon and horses, and more bourbon and even more horses. But there's two things about Kentucky that are very odd. And that is two religiously themed parks. One is the Creation Museum, and the other one is the Ark Encounter. And they're both like owned and operated by a one very conservative man named Ken Ham. And I have actually been to the Creation Museum. Um, It was whenever I went to Louisville Presbyterian to get uh, another degree because I hate myself. They wanted to expose us. It was a great school. Just, you know, I just can't get out of school. I just love it. They took us to the Creation Museum to teach us about conservatives. But, you know, half of the class had very much a conservative Southern Baptist background. Did they like, was there anyone there that had like a season pass for the Creation Museum? <laughs> no. It, they it's actually have Kentucky, a yeah. really sweet um, hashtag keep year biblical. And so, <laughs> Like, if you want to keep your year biblical, then you got to bring your homeschool kids to the Creation Museum at least right. once a month. Uh, if they happen to accidentally sure. read uh, something, like, scientific, you have to go an extra time. Yeah. 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 Well, Andrew, you have to rededicate your life to Christ. I mean, there's right. look, when you get washed in the blood, you get washed in the blood. You know, it sticks. You don't have to do it a second time. And Sarah. I was nearly washed in the don't blood worry. there. I was nearly washed in the blood there, y'all, because when you first get there – they take you into a theater and they talk about um, contemplating the existence of God. And you're sitting in a chair and there is s- hidden sprayers 
And during part of the presentation, they just spray you with water and it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> and I screamed multiple times. Hold up. So there were like people with like spray bottles? No, there it's like hidden just... in the seats in front it's of you. It's a 4D theater. It's a 4D. <laughs> because it's you need class. that fourth D. <laughs> you, the more Ds, the more godly. You know what I mean? Right. You really want to feel the presence. Yeah. They're just, like, give them the D. Yeah. The fourth give D. Give them the fourth D. And, and, up. and with that extra D, you spray them in the face. You spray them in the face. And then they know after you've been sprayed that you are washed in the blood. No, there was yeah. a blood in the spray? No, but it was dark, so maybe. So I don't it was know. like, let there be, like, is this like the creation story dramatically I, I, retold or something? I mean, yes, but it was very awkward the way it came out. So after you've been thoroughly sprayed with water, like it's a wet t-shirt contest, you go through and there's basically dinosaurs interspersed with Adam and Eve, just as you do, you know, just. Are they really? Yeah. There's like, there's animatronic. Like the loss of Jesus or yeah, something? Yeah. There's, yeah. They're like, ah! and then there's like Adam and Eve right there, half naked. It's like a weird porn kind of thing. It's like, if you are into porn with dinosaurs adjacent, you're going to love this place. <laughs> so. So isn't that weird? Like, okay, you at least have some context for it, but I wonder what it'd be like to go to one of those museums if you have no reference to the Bible or religion at all. <laughs> like, like, I almost want to just get some like fam, like fourth generation atheist, and be like, "Could you go to this museum and see how it feels?" Please, please just report back. <laughs> so there's no exit once you get in. Like, you're it's kind of like a pathway to being brainwashed. Basically, there's no way out. <laughs> And might I add, uh, Sartre said hell's other people, but purgatory, <laughs> this is where, this is where God sends liberal Christians. Yes. It's like, exactly. I was going to throw you in hell, but you do like my son, even though you think he's too Jewish. <laughs> and, and so you're going to spend a year, just a year. You're going to spend a year around. in the creation museum <laughs> created by Ken Ham, the most Gentile name of all time. <laughs> You're like, could your last name be any more Gentile than Ham? He actually changed it from swine. Uh, he's like, swine sounds too French. And the French don't understand real liberty and freedom. Swine. I need ham. Ham. By the way, um, sidebar, the model that was used to make Adam, he was actually a porn star. And once they discovered that, they had to like remove the model because they were like, oh, shit. I mean, who found that out? Like. Imagine right. No, Google it. It's a it's a it's a legit news story. Can you yeah, imagine yeah, that? But just think of that right. email. Right. They're uh, like, how did you find out about it? Well, Mr. Ham, I thought it was a educational film, and if, uh, <laughs> I wasn't tooling around looking at porn. I, yeah. I just saw somebody that looked like Adam the other day on my computer screen. Don't you want to interview that guy though? Yes. Don't, like, what question, Sarah? What what question would you ask? Porn star. Who posed for Adam for the Creation Museum? How does that start? Because what if he was hollering at you? If he was like, "Hey, Sarah, I'm an agnostic, but I also posed for Adam at the Creation Museum until I got found out." Would you swipe left or right, Sarah? Yeah. Oh, I would swipe hard right. How hard? I'd be like, "This is a story I want to hear." I know. That's what I'm telling you. That's like the beginning of like you. Like I'm not even gay, and I'd go on that first date. Mm. I'd be like, "I want to hear that story." So, so as you're as you're navigating your way through the very sexy, sexy, steamy love scenes between Adam and Eve and the onlooking velociraptors who are watching their lovemaking, 
your animatronic lovemaking. <laughs> you make your way. Do, do you see like actual genitalia in their lovemaking? No. It's strategically covered with things like lily pads and uh, <laughs> trees. Sure. Foliage. Sure. You know, just tasteful. <laughs> it's tasteful nudity. Tasteful. It's biblical mm-hmm. nudity, Sarah. And as you make your way past the least exotic nudity with, you know, dinosaurs all around going, then you make your way to a small replica of the Noah's Ark thing, which is totally hearkening to another museum. Um, museum, right? But as you're doing a smaller version of the Ark Encounter, there is an animatronic Noah, and you can ask this Noah questions that are pre-fed into it. And so... You push a button. You push a button. And so it was like, how did you fit the dinosaurs on the Ark? That's the one I poked. And... Are you serious? Yes. So I was like, boop. Um, if, you, if you hadn't been there, I would have thought this is a joke. I thought this nope. is this is what I would do if I was making fun of biblical literacy. I would say they did this. Yeah. But you're saying it's legit. You can ask Noah what he did, how he got yeah. dinos on the ark. And do you know what the response is? Can you guess? Uh, uh you'd have to saw it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it is. At the, at that time, dinosaurs were small, so we could fit a small pair onto the ark, and then later on is when you got bigger varieties. So then my brain broke because I said, that's evolution! <laughs> yeah, but if the earth is 5,000 years old, and dinos fit on an ark, and they then afterwards were able to evolve at a rate of change to get big, they believe evolution's even more powerful than scientists do. <laughs> That's right. Because the scale of change in evolution. That's like evolution I mean, on meth. I don't yeah. They're like, we don't have a common ancestor with apes, but other than that, evolution's fucking hardcore and shit. What the hell do why have humans had have been so stagnant? Right. And there haven't been dramatic changes since industrialization in many species, so it's not even in the well being for Predators were eliminated. They didn't evolve, even though there's a history, apparently, well, of quick evolving. I mean, I'm not saying feel, they thought I, about it I, scientifically. I think your problem, trip is that you're using your brain, and that's, that's, where, that's where you just suspend judgment. So I, I looked around, and I saw all these families with their homeschooled children just walking around, and I had a panic attack. And my buddy w- was like, let's just get through this as fast as we can, right? So we start getting through. Um, but I had one more thing that really stuck out for me before I would just like, let's run and get out of here as fast as we can. And it was an exhibit on urban decay. And it showed um, a fake like stone, like kind of stone brick wall with uh, graffiti on it. And it was like, look at all the urban decay. And then you could look in windows and see different scenarios of the American family decaying, the moral decay. So it's like encouraging you What's to be a lawyer. The Bible. Nothing. It's uh, I thought it was a Bible museum. Right, right. So it's like, look in this room. It's like, be a uh, lawyer. Daddy drinks, and he left the family. <laughs> yeah. And mommy's here as a single parent. <laughs> oh, it's she worse. Can't show the, she can't show her little boy how to be a real man. Right? No, no, it's worse than that. The first the first. It was one. like Bill Cosby before he was a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> where he's like, look at these baggy jeans. This is one step. You gotta pull from- up for pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> J E L L O. No, there uh, there was nothing about puddin' pops, but um, in the first in the first <laughs> puddin' pops window, in the first window there were two preteen boys, and they were uh, presumably presumably brothers. And the first one, and it's like this was 
it looked like it was filmed in the early 90s. And one of them's on a giant computer and he's like, I am going to get on the computer and access porn. Something to that effect. And then the other one is like, I'm going to smoke drugs. <laughs> and I was I'm like, gonna smoke what? Drugs. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to smoke drugs. And I was like, what? And then the second. The, well, the funny thing is yeah. their other brother. See, he was in porn. And then he said, I'm going to play Adam. Adam. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where it all started. The porn pipeline. He's to the, the Bible youngest Museum. brother. He was sitting yeah. there going like, how do you smoke drugs? <laughs> and then he smoked up, read the Bible. But also became a porn star. And then he said, how can I combine all my skills as a porn star and someone that loves reading the Bible high? And then he was like, one day just Googling it. One day just Googling it. Stoned as could be. He's like, Bible porn. And then. (laughs) And he saw his brother. It said related search. (laughs) Ken Ham. Ken Ham. (laughs) The ham bone. Yeah. No. And then there was another one that was like. A woman talking to her, like, uh, confiding in her girlfriend, being like, I know I should be happy for my husband's promotion, but I just can't keep stopping, you know, thinking about how I want to get back to work. And she's like, you think about your husband. You don't think about yourself. (laughs) I was like, I can't. And there is actually a book there that you can purchase called Help. I can't submit to my husband. And it gives you hot tips on how to do it. Are they hot? No, they're actually not hot. Dude. (laughs) That's my biggest thing about the crazy mm-hmm. is like if you like grow up in that world, mm-hmm. you could like bite the bullet and then go hardcore because of needs or social conditioning or whatever. Mm-hmm. But have you ever met an intelligent person who one day was like, I decided the earth is 5,000 years old. <laughs> and the reason the dinosaurs all fit on the ark is because they were small. <laughs> and <laughs> like no one goes backwards to that. Mm-mm. You could defend it and do your weird junk. But no one is like sitting around going, ah, finally, I found young earth creationism. I had so many Thank lingering God. questions about the dinosaurs. I was like, why were they so small for so long and blew up? <laughs> and I realized it's because God kept them like little midget T-Rexes <laughs> until the ark. Because God wanted there to be real T-Rexes because little kids love T-Rex. I feel like this is what happens when you watch Jurassic Park in your basement too many times while maybe like doing meth and then you fall asleep one night listening to infomercials with Kirk Cameron and then somehow it all just damages your brain. I bet they also support buying gold. That's just a random (laughs) guess I have. They support buying precious metals. You know, if you hear someone with an ad for precious metals, just assume they're racist. That's my new thing. I play a game. On when I travel a lot, I mean, I travel to speak, I'll go to AM stations. And if you hear someone talking and you're like getting uncomfortable, mm. and we're talking uncomfortable for me, not y'all. I'm sure you'd be uncomfortable way <laughs> earlier. But I, I have a, I try to have a high tolerance to crazy because I feel like mm. I might be the closest they ever get to mm-hmm. meeting anyone that ain't crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 you know, I, I think I'm doing a good job. And then I'll sit there and I'll listen. And then all of a sudden, Thank once you. you hear a precious metals ad, they then, hand you a brochure and you're like, mm, yeah, can't do it. So like, there's a reason no one that has good relationships with three generations of their family and and graduated from college advertises precious metals. I have no idea what it is, <laughs> but like, why do precious metals only advertise on crazy right wing radio and religious radio? Is it because Jesus really? He's like. The streets of gold. I'm so popular. There's too many people in heaven. I need more gold. I need to get it from earth. Like, what is it that's making the metal so precious? I don't know. But it's a truism. 
in multiple AM radio markets. Okay, so maybe when I speak and I get dropped off a motel, I listen to AM radio while <laughs> drinking in the hotel. But it's a niche market. But it's I love listening. <laughs> maybe it somehow links to that whole thing about like getting the mark of the beast with like the credit card chips and like that kind of thing. Yeah. Credit cards and now the chip. So if you can stockpile in precious metals, then you don't have to use credit cards, which are yeah. inherently the mark of the beast. Yeah, but yeah, but have you ever been in a situation where you walk in and you're like, I was going to pay you, but instead I have two ounces of gold. <laughs> like you're at Applebee's and you're like, I want to round on everybody. Here's my gold block. Can you give me change? Well, that's like a, th- that's like a no. Thursday night for Sarah. So do they, do they yeah. ever give you change for your ore, your gold ore? <laughs> <laughs> this all of a sudden is starting to they sound don't. like a. But I always, I always carry the right amount of war. Sarah and I, I like mean. to live our lives like we were playing World of Warcraft. Yeah, like everything you are. I, everything that I know about traveling, I've learned from John Wick, <laughs> which is dangerous. <laughs> That's a dangerous decision. I mean, I'm just saying. I just carry around those little like those little coins everywhere I go, and like one is enough, regardless <laughs> of what I'm buying. <laughs> So, okay, what if y'all were going to create a Bible museum and like, so think of it in reverse. Laura got stuck going to the creation museum Mm -hmm. because she had to learn about evangelicals Mm -hmm. and then she got creeped out. If you were going to make a Bible museum for, I don't know, intellectuals that might creep out a fundy, but it would be a learning opportunity because that museum helps everything else make sense. Okay, well, I think first and foremost, the animatronic. No, I don't even want to do animatronics. But like, if we're going to have like a museum, it should definitely all the depictions of the people should be brown because they're brown, right? Like, because you want to keep it literal. I want, I want to yeah. keep it literal. We are like they're Jews, so they look like Jews. Yeah. In the early church. If you have early church sections, you're like. Augustine's African because he was <laughs> right. Like it's it's crazy. You're it's just getting be... edgy. No, no here, what about a text of terror museum? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they're like we're just trying to stay to the Bible. <laughs> Can you? Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Oh my gosh! The feminist. It would be like um, you know, like the feminist retelling of the Bible, and like I feel. But here's the thing: I think we should separate people by like. By gender, because the women shouldn't have to relive that. Like the women just get to go, like have a drink or something, and then the men have to go watch the text of terror. <laughs> like, they have to go in four like, D. In four D. In four D. <laughs> they have to get sprayed with like blood and shit, and then we're we're over just having drinks, watching it all, like from above. That's that'd be great. Well, what if you? What if you had a? Um... I mean, I think there's like one one thing that like if you want to be subversive with it, because, you know, Christians are going to show up. Mm-hmm. You could have a museum that's like a tour of the history of the church, but it's all like female heroes. Like you don't tell them, yeah. but it's like every time like mm-hmm. you have like all oh, feminist heroes here and stuff because mm-hmm. you could be you could do a Bible one where it's all female characters that are like, have their own agency and are moving mm-hmm. forward and stuff. And it ends with the females are the first ones to tell anyone God raised Jesus from the dead. And then yeah. they're like, don't you love females? Yeah. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Or, Give us money. And then or all the it could money be, goes towards- or it could be mystic Catholic style. And it, and it's like, like all the crazy visions of mother Mary mystic style. 
And they're like, wow, that was like a kaleidoscope of visions. Or um, what's what is it, uh, Julian of Norwich? Norwich, the one that had all the the sexy visions about Jesus. Oh, okay. Then you could bring back the model who had yes. who got replaced at the original Creation Museum. Yes, to help reenact. Yeah. So what? You got you got a lady in bed. And then she's got the the guy. The they're they're guy. just acting it out yeah, in four D. Acting it out in four D. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, we know we have to do four D. We have to get our old leg up on the Creation Museum. What if it was like a Christian social justice one, and it was all focused around the Sermon on the Mount, but in relation to like modern social issues? So you know, they have to confront the fact that that, that really the Bible that they believe in is not socially kind Ooh, and at the end could they sh- separate the sheep from the goats <laughs> yeah 25 yes and, or like you get separated yeah. separating yeah <laughs> <It's like> the- <laughs> they just get like thrown out back in the alley the funniest would be a way of like you could do it where if you you come in and you go through the christian part mm-hmm. and then you realize there's like six other parts and it's all the other world religions mm-hmm. where you're basically just demonstrating they all have beautiful rich traditions yeah and but you always when you ask them when they buy their ticket they're like which team are you on they're like i'm on jesus and you go to that one first it kind of preps you and then the next thing you know you're like have you here's Lao Tzu. yeah and you're like that's not that bad and then by the end you're like you're high five in buddha yeah way out knuckles knuckles i actually had a conversation with kevin kelly the he was a editor wired like He's a kind of techno futurist type philosopher guy. After we, d- I did the interview and it, I brought up like, what are some ways of using VR in education? And his uh, initial thing was like, you can have multi-sensory rich experiences where in the thing you're actually being treated and experiencing someone else's role. Mm-hmm. It's all the way to, he, he's like, fundamentalist christians will in vr start slaughtering sheeps and shit in the temple you know mm-hmm. like that's what they're gonna do but he's like but you could actually have a guy experience what it's like to be a female and get catcalled on the street or you could mm-hmm. have a person experience what it's like to be a different a gender or race or whatever mm-hmm. um all the way to participating in the ecstatic religious experiences of others and that type of thing and i thought that is like we think of museums as places you go and and there's a directionality of the presentation mm-hmm. but what if museums become a place where it's significantly more participatory and you come to own space that informs your own experience of yourself differently cuz you are in a world as someone else yeah like I, we always say yeah. oh walk in someone else's shoes now, now you could like actually do it yes yeah. i got to do that at a define Amer- american film festival recently and i it like put you in solitary confinement and that was really really amazing like it was horrifying but it was also eye-opening um because it talked about like what you would experience and the whole film you're just looking all around and you're in a room that's solitary confinement while they're talking and telling you what would happen to you over the course of 20 years. So you're like mental health and physical health and what it would be like if you ever got out. Um, and so I think those kind of experiential things could be really great versus this kind of, you know, brainwashing experience that I experienced at the creation museum, but 
really what I think what we're talking about is just putting people in someone else's shoes. So they actually get to experience someone else's narrative. And that's something that I think I wish that that more conservative fundamentalist people would do, because I think the scope is so small there. Sarah, you grew up in a much more conservative religious environment. Indeed. So I don't know if I've had a moment in my life where I would have one had 30 seconds where I considered being eternally consciously tormented or whatever reason motivates you to give the amount of money you give to make those museums was not a motivating factor for my life. So like when you see those museums, like what do they represent to someone who has been shaped by that expression of Christianity different than those who are just like, that's weird. That's funny. I haven't been to any of those museums, but what I will say is going through going through this museum like what you're talking about where there's this like big morality thing at the end that shouldn't have anything to do with christianity but it's obvious that they're linking the two or correlating the two yeah like that makes sense to me that they would do that it's all based on fear yeah and i think i don't don't know having spent time in that world you know i think you and i have similar backgrounds sarah that Whenever you are raised in that world, it's almost like you're constantly thinking about you're taught to fear the outside so much. You're taught to fear things that are quote unquote worldly. Um, well, and, and intellectual and intellectual, right? Exactly. Say, yeah. That that's somehow anti God. And so mm-hmm. a conservative going through such a like progressive Christian museum would be on high alert and saying like, no, yeah, this is clearly going to be anti-God, you know, blinders up kind of stuff. And, you know, a conservative listening to this could say, well, you did the same thing, Laura, you know, when you were in the creation museum. But I think the difference is that I came out of that, right? That I had that experience and was firmly rooted in that experience um, as a child and saw how damaging it could be because of the fear that it's based in, you know, that anything that is not patriarchal, fearing science, fearing worldly, anything worldly, anything that is not what you grew up with, just fear based, that it's, it's not from God. And so yeah. having to experience that in such an intense way, totally brought on a panic, panic attack. And I don't think that the opposite would necessarily be true. But how can we, how can we wrap this up in any kind of, bow how do we do that i guess i would posit that i think from from my experience with both you know conservative upbringing going to this really fucked up museum that isn't should never be called a museum it is what it is um that what what isn't happening in the conservative church which i have no power over but whatever is this kind of discussion with there's this fear of like what's worldly, you know, what's worldly, what's, what's other. Um, I don't get that. If all, if, if God made us all and we're all children of God, then why be afraid to talk to other children of God? Why be afraid to learn from other people's experiences? And so I think having gone through that museum and sensing that level of fear of the outside world brought a lot of that back for me of this, my senior year in Christian high school was all about like building you up so that you don't fall to the, the Academy, right? The Academy is going to corrupt you and um, you're, and you're going to get your faith. 
Right. And the first thing I did, I took biological anthropology and learned about evolution because I was like, <laughs> don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and I have a thing for Darwin. <laughs> and uh, it just really opened my mind and opened my eyes to um, a lot of other possibilities and how beautiful our world is and how amazing it is. So why would you want to close yourself off? You know, to me, then the synoptic gospels, it says like, love God with all your heart, mind and soul. Like, why not use your mind? Why not use your brain along with everything else? Just, well, I think it's a, a museum like that is problematic told from either direction because I think one of the conditions for contemporary culture is that what used to be a battle between atheists and theists, where you think like reason and the facts is going to settle it and someone's going to win and the evidence will demand a verdict. That fracture that used to be a competition between two entities now exists within each of us. That like you are a skeptic and a believer at the same time. That you're a skeptical believer, a believing skeptic, and that a museum like that acts as if biblical truth or scientific truth or any telling of the cosmos when our place in it is somehow uh, to be received in total as opposed to the narratives that come through each wisdom tradition in scripture uh, that we come to learn more in science and things are invitations to re-question what it means to be ourselves in community, in life, in the world and such. And uh, what is problematic to me, regardless of what was in the museum, is that it's presenting a conclusion and thoughtful existence done well helps you cultivate better questions. Absolutely. And that whether you're on team Jesus or not. And so, and I think science helps us ask better questions and bigger questions and shapes questions. And uh, there are things as Christians that we can learn from other religious traditions, help us ask questions and stuff. So the, the museum itself shows a level of insecurity that anyone that is a lover of truth should just find problematic. And mm-hmm. um, if you're a, a in, in, in one thing I've said to, when talking to people that are worried about that internal process is it most not fundamentalist Christians, even the ministers, fluctuate day to day as to what they really believe about what? Mm-hmm. And part of what it means to participate in a religious tradition or own that space is less like, I've come to this conclusion and this must be true, but I give myself to this narrative and this story and how it shapes community. And so when, like, when we are like, oh, we're ministers or whatever, it's not like, Oh, Sarah's wrong. She better like answer this thing correctly. And these fundamentals are stupid. This is the only way you can read Christianity. No, it's this more progressive, open, open hearted, open minded version of Christianity is what we give ourselves to. But that's connected to the family we were born in, the culture we're in, the questions we have and all that stuff. And I can imagine myself being something different. And that doesn't unmake my commitments and situatedness beautiful. It just means that everyone uh, that that tear that used to eventually be settled uh, between like a theist and atheist or arguing or whatever about truth exists in, internally. So the conditions for faith is a kind of post-religious one because mm-hmm. religions demanded a type of closure around answers as opposed to an opening up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. So um, before we get to um, how you can find us, I want to give a shout out to Trips Podcast. Um, tell us a little bit about how we can find homebrew Christianity. Will you add .com to it? That's all you have to do, people. Uh-huh. Just add .com. And then you get some sweet, sweet podcasting. Lots yeah. of it. I've so been much. doing it for over 10 years. I started it with our friend Chad in 2008. There's lots of it. Yep. The older the episode, the more Southern my accent. (laughs) 
Awesome. If you are finding us here and you have no idea how you found us, you can go on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud and get our sweet, sweet back episodes where yeah, we really can. didn't know where we were, what we were doing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I feel bad. So if you listen and it's your first time, you should know that Laura and Sarah had come prepared. This time they just said yes to sitting in a basement while I was drinking. And they were like, do you want to talk about Bible museums? And I was like, sure, I'll talk. <laughs> and currently they are saying to themselves, I like our scripting idea. <laughs> We're both very type A. <laughs> this, is, this is a fun like sidebar. Just what about going, type eh. Eh. <laughs> going in the ba- just go in the basement with trip, whatever, it's cool. We'll see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, or you can you guys can always uh email us at uh Biblebetches B E T C H E S at gmail dot com. We check that maybe like once every other month, so <laughs> we'll probably get to your email. We'll get to your hot takes eventually. <laughs> hot eventually. Takes. Hot takes. Um you can also you can also hit us up on Twitter at Bible Bitches or um you can check out our fan our uh, Facebook fan book our Facebook fan page. Yes. Which is is it Bible Betches or Bible Bitches? Bible Bitches. Bible Bitches. I do a lot with our social media, so I'm really on top of it. I can tell. You'll probably be talking to me. <laughs> Let's do yeah, some shout, shout outs out. to uh engaged gays with a Z. They are hosting our podcast on their website as well. Um and they have a lot of great content, so give them a thanks. Um also you can find them at Engage Gaze with a Z on Twitter. You can also find Yo Eves, who does our intro and outro music, Miss Eve. She's amazing and she's getting really close to dropping a new album, so make sure to follow her. Um and then what, what? At Aaron Doodles is a cartoonist and he did our artwork. Um, and we also want to thank Trip Fuller for letting us invade the basement. <laughs> That's where he perpetually hangs out. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> He's got really pasty I kind of just go to basements. <laughs> just so if you'd like me to visit your basement. You can email me at BibleBitches.com. <laughs> We're going to get so many emails at BibleBitches.com. Be like, can Trip come to my basement? <laughs> He's on a basement tour of America. <laughs> yeah. I like to do podcasts for two other people in the basement. <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> so if there's two people out there that do podcasts. And they're like, can you come to my basement? <laughs> they're like, we promise we won't lock you in there. <laughs> You need a safe word, Trip. What's your safe yeah. word? Mini Raptor. Just... Mini Raptor. That's a good one. That's going on Twitter. Trip Fuller's safe word is Mini Raptor. Yeah. You know, and if you listened all the way to the end, you should tweet the bitches of the Bible with a emoji of a of a of a dino. A dino. All right, y'all. Um thanks for hanging with us. 